everyone welcome to episode three of happiest me podcast season two i'm chelsea iris hope everyone's having a fantastic week i've actually had a pretty decent week i have no crazy complaints (laughs) so that's good i hope you don't either this week was really actually great sunday had great weather so matthew and i went on a hike with his cousin and his lovely girlfriend and Uh, The place was called the Devil's Hop Yard here in Connecticut. It was extremely muddy, but an absolutely beautiful day. It was in the 50s. In Connecticut, that's a nice day. (laughs) Um, We hiked up this trail. It was very muddy, very slippery in certain spots, much of an incline. Um, So being that I haven't worked out in a long time, it was really difficult Then we had a little bit of a period where we were lost, and we went up that incline again, so basically did that hike twice. Um, It was just so much fun. The people we were with, Matthew and I can both be our 100% complete selves, um, which is not something that we feel like we can be around every single person that we know, so the fact that we could do that, have a really great time, and honestly just be vulnerable because I was very much huffing and puffing and feeling insecure throughout that hike but everyone was super encouraging and super nice and just made me laugh being with Matthew and his cousin Billy they're just like they become like little boys again they're just so fun to be around and I've known Billy for as long as I've known Matthew basically um so for basically half of my life as well. <laughs> so he's basically a brother to me, and I'm so happy that his girlfriend, Julie, Matt, and I have been doing more things together because it's just a lot of fun. We have a ton of fun together. Um, this week, I want us to just talk, finish talking about 2018, um, finish talking about our Italy trip. This week, we have a special guest, Matthew decided, well, Matthew was forced into recording a little bit of this podcast with me. Um, We talk about, you know, us always dreaming about Rome, about Italy, what it meant to us. We dabble a little bit about uh, Rome and Florence, but then he caught on that this was something that we were going to be sharing with the world, and he quickly got extremely shy and we had to pause. So he did say he wanted to finish this podcast with me, but the week got a little ahead of us, and I never got a chance to uh, place a microphone in front of him for this conversation again. So I told him that I would finish it myself, and so he feel inclined um, since he got a taste of podcasting, and he's super shy. You know, we could do an alone podcast to either just chit chat and shoot the shit so you guys can get a window into us which I feel like you definitely did Matthew has a very funny dry sense of humor um and we just have fun joking around with each other and laughing so even though he was shy he does throw in a couple of jokes here and there um all in all it was just really fun to have him sitting across from me and getting to edit his conversations. (laughs) It was just a lot of fun, and I hope that he continues to do this with me. So we did talk a majority about Rome, so what we didn't talk about, I'm just going to put in um, now. So we talk a lot about our travel before Rome and what I did to get us... um, We'll talk a little bit about it, what I did to get us comfortable before leaving. So Matt mentions that I had a travel folder. And basically what I did before we left is I sent all of our information, copies of passports, cards that we were using, flight information, train information, hotel information. And when I mean information, contact information, addresses, 
um, you know, train numbers, flight numbers, all that good stuff. So literally at every moment, everyone we knew, well, that was important to us, my parents, his mother, and my sister had our itinerary and information. God forbid something happened, they were there to back us up. Um, and I also put like our excursions, everything was paper clipped by day and by trip. So our first um, couple of chunk of days was Rome, then Florence, then Venice, and then we circled back to Rome. So everything was paper clipped to when and where we were going to be. And that organization just made me feel um, in control of what I could. So just making sure we had all the correct paperwork so that I wasn't worrying about it later. And let me tell you, we were traveling in between. That folder was in the grips of my hand because I did not want to lose any of that information. Um, we also talk about me trying to leave the house. I had my worst case of OCD, um, and that was leaving the house before the airport. I could not leave. I left the house um, two or three times. I would come in, check all the outlets, check the stove, uh, check every electrical plug that I could find, um, and then I'd go to the door and I'd be ready to leave. I'd, I think a couple times I walked outside and Matt saw me turn around. So I say two or three because he may have saw two, but I think I stood outside of the door three times. Um, and honestly, you'll hear his pep talk coming up, but his pep talk to me was um, just super encouraging and just made me feel really good about leaving where we were. Um... Oh, I also watched a lot of YouTube videos on how to pack because we were only taking carry-ons, one carry-on luggage and one big luggage or medium-sized luggage, which now going forward, I would probably do just two carry-on luggages. And when Matt and I and my mom go to California to visit Crystal, we're going to be doing that. We're just taking two carry-on luggages in our backpacks because now we know and I feel more comfortable with the fact that I know that I can fit everything I need into a carry-on. So that's good. Um, the only things that we didn't touch on in Rome are, is what I'm just going to go over really quickly. And the reason why I really, really wanted to talk about this Italy trip is because it truly, truly meant the world to Matt and I. From For as long as I can remember, we've always had conversations about traveling to Rome specifically. It was something that we dreamt of as teenagers, as young teenagers, as young adults. And as we got older and started thinking about um, the future, we always said before we have kids, one trip we cannot miss out on is Rome. So it kind of felt like we were, you know, closing a chapter to our adolescence in a way. Um, you know, I had just turned 30 two months before. So it just really felt like this coming-of-age trip, and I know that Matt felt the same way. One of the things that Matthew had on his bucket list for Rome specifically was going to the Colosseum. I cannot tell you how much history and facts he knows about that Colosseum. He would tell me growing up, um, he would read books about Roman history and the Colosseum Roman Forum, all of it. He just loved all the history that Rome and Italy had to offer. So the Colosseum was definitely a go-to. And the first day that we got, we were there and we were driving up to see the Colosseum, it truly was this most breathtaking moment. And as I took in the view of seeing the Colosseum for the first time, I just turned my head a little bit to see Matt's face. And it was just in complete awe of what... It was like a dream come true, just like written all over his face. And I'm so glad that I took the second to look over to him um, having that dream come true because he saw that during my dream day, which we'll talk about later. Um, so the first time we went to the Coliseum, it was kind of on a fluke. It was a free day. They Every first Sunday of the month, they have free day for all of the um ancient exhibits that you have to pay to get into, Coliseum being one of them. Uh, the line was ridiculous by 8 a.m. when we strolled up. 
So we decided, you know, we already paid for a tour on our last day in Rome, but let's just, you know, go in and walk around. We got in with the tour. We paid, you know, it was very cheap, maybe 35 euro a piece. Well, not cheap. That is expensive, but about 35 a piece to get into the Colosseum. We got to learn some history because we did follow a tour, a group tour. So we got to listen to some history. I got to learn. I felt like Matthew already knew it all, but it was fun just to be a part of that and get to learn a little bit more. Um, and then we veered away from the group and we just walked around the Colosseum to take in, to take in the Colosseum in all of its glory. It's absolutely amazing. The preservation that they've had on that building uh, and just being there, it, it is just truly special. All, all in all, I, I don't, I've literally have no words for how I felt throughout this trip. Um, I feed off of energy almost like an empathic way, and the entire time on this trip, um, you know, we got to go to the Rome Forum, the Pantheon, and especially the Vatican. When you're inside the Vatican, you know, whether you're religious or not, because there are so many people in that building who are religious, who want to believe and feel and, and this feeling of love and peace, there's truly nothing like it. Um, and I can't believe I can't remember the name of this painting right now, but it's the painting of um, Adam and Eve and the fingers touching, and I might be even wrong there, but it's in the, um, the Basilica there in the Vatican, and when you're in this room and you're looking up at the painting, it is truly breathtaking. Everything about the Vatican is breathtaking. Everything about Rome, the Roman Forum was just so beautiful. I truly wish that I had taken more pictures in there um, because it is truly like this beautiful, these, these beautiful ruins of, I, I wish that I could just take a step into that time and see what it was like, fully not taken down and filled with true Roman people going about their day. I mean, I can't even imagine how amazing it must have looked and felt. The energy must have been amazing. It felt amazing just with the people that were there then. Um, and the reason why I say I wish I would have took more pictures was because scenically it was gorgeous. But at the same time, I made a conscious decision to not be on my phone throughout this trip as much as possible. Um, so I did really feel like I was in the moment um, throughout this entire trip. So I'm very, very glad about that. So we circled back um, after Venice to Rome. Uh, we did an underground Colosseum tour, which is absolutely phenomenal. If you get a chance to do it while you're in Rome, if you get a chance to go to Italy, please. Get it. If you save up, it cannot be, it won't be that expensive. Trust me, we didn't spend a lot of money to go. We stayed in very nice places. We ate very good food and I didn't feel like I missed out on anything. And I also didn't feel like I... Um, was forcing myself to not give in to experiences. We ate at really great places that weren't that expensive. And we stayed at good hotels because our, we did our research to not spend a lot of money, but still get all the amenities that we wanted. So kayak.com is a really good one um, for, and they have, you know, different websites that they price rate on. So Anyways, sorry, I'm giving you travel tips. That's so stupid. But the last night we stayed at this Airbnb and the Airbnb fucking lied. So the pictures are of this beautiful, luxurious condo uh, right in front of the Spanish steps. Well, it's not right in front of the Spanish steps. It's a couple streets away, which honestly was perfectly fine because the Spanish steps are a little underwhelming. You would think that they were bigger than they actually are, and they're just crowded with people sitting on them. Um, so you don't even get to really enjoy. If And also, there's nothing special about these steps. They're just regular stairs <laughs> in front of a beautiful statue in church. So I'm like a little fountain in the middle. So it is pretty, but it's not as big as you would assume. So anyways, this Airbnb, they don't tell you that you have to climb like five sets of stairs to get all the way to the top to where this condo is. 
They also don't tell you that there's no shower. So poor Matthew, who's six feet, had to take a bath in this like old, beautiful Roman clawfoot tub that took forever to get hot water. Also, the beautiful porch, they said, had views, had no views and was completely dirty from the road. No one decided to clean it before we showed up. So I, I was not very thrilled with the Airbnb and it just being like the last night. We were just like, fuck it. Let's just enjoy our last night. Let's not worry about the 12 flights of stairs that we have to take or having to take a cold bath. Let's just get through it because the next day we know we're going home. And, you know, the last day of a trip, you're always just so tired. Matt had gotten sick. I was starting to get sick. We were just exhausted. It, it was definitely, we were feeling ready to come home at that point. But I was so happy to be spending our last night in Rome. And the way we did, it did feel very authentic to be staying right in in someone's house in Rome. It just felt really cool even though it wasn't what we expected. <laughs> the next day after our two days and three days in Rome, <coughs> excuse me, we go to Florence and, and I talk about going to the Uffizi Museum, which was an amazing experience. We went to the Domo, climbed the Domo. I will post pictures of what that view is. Um, and I will put a link in the in the um, description box of just a random person's YouTube page where they talk, where they show uh, them climbing the Domo steps to get to the top. And that way you can see what it, you know, how big that staircase is. It's insane, like pretty crazy how tight it is. Um, it was really hot and sweaty and we didn't have water. And I tried to just not worry about how claustrophobic I was feeling because there are literally just these brick sized windows. It's very medieval. I, I can't please watch the YouTube video. It's insane. I'm so proud of the fact that I did it. And I felt like in 2018, I was given so many obstacles. I felt so nervous that I wasn't going to be able to accomplish these things scared. Um, we'll talk later about the car accident I was in. In all of these situations, I've overcome. I climbed the Domo. I pro proved to myself that maybe I don't have a fear of heights. I've done two things this year where I'm standing on the top of really high places looking down. Um, <laughs> I always felt like I might be claustrophobic, and honestly, I'm not going to rule that out, but I don't think I'm as bad as I thought I was. And getting to the bottom, and also... Because I'm a very clumsy person, the fact that we had to climb these, you know, 500 and something steps, or I think it's close to 500 steps, um, and then had to go back down those steps, and because this is a very medieval stairway, this is very, very old church, the steps are small. So I have to be careful how I'm going down, because there are other people going down them as well in front of me and behind me, and I don't want to lose my footing and trip, which I, I do trip. I'm a very clumsy person. So it, it was very scary for me. And I just told myself, take your time. And a trick that I taught myself, and I don't know if someone taught me this, but something that I've been doing for years in order to help me not, <clears throat> excuse me, to help me feel like I'm in control as I'm going down steps is I count each step as I'm either going up or down and it just helps me focus on the step and less of what's going on around me and in this instance because I wanted to focus on my breathing I wanted to focus on the task at hand to not get a panic attack or an anxiety attack happen in this tight enclosure counting the steps going up and down also just helped me stay focused to the task at hand and not focus on anything else. And it sucked because there were people behind us. And when there was enough room to let them go, we did. Um, but Matt was so was just like, don't worry about anyone else. Just take your time. We'll get through it. And that also helped me calm down because I had his support in just taking my time. Um, and then after we were done with the Domo, we just sat in awe of the fact that we did it. We walked around the Domo. We got some food. We saw the statue of David. 
which was another big thing for Matthew who really wanted to see the statue of David. His middle name is David. Uh, He's always talked about the statue of David that was on his bucket list. So when we went to go see David, there's this room filled with all these statues, these Roman statues. Um, I couldn't tell you if they were new or old. Honestly, I'd have to look. Matt took pictures of the signs and the statues so that we could go back and remember, which was great. He was so good at taking all the pictures for us, Um, but I'd have to go back to read to know specifics, so I suck, and I'm sorry. But sitting after the day was all said and done, we circled back to the Domo and just sat there and looked at this building in awe. The detail that is put into this church. You don't have to be religious to completely admire and respect the artistry, the hard work, the hard work in the preservation, the hard work in the artistry, the hard work in the construction. Every part of this building is so beautiful. Now, it's not perfect. It's an old building. There are, you know, things missing. There's construction going on to help preserve it. But when the sun is going down and you're in this dusk time of the day in Florence, I cannot explain how magical it feels. I have been, I, it is just, there was a quote that Mark Twain had and I was trying to find it because Matt had found it while we were there. And he talks about Florence during that time of day, dusk and early night. And it, Google it, it completely Does no, there's no justice but to see it, so I'll leave it there. So we talk about Florence, and then we circle back, or we don't even touch Venice um, at that point. Poor Matthew was just feeling a little too shy for us and decided to take a break. So um, I'll hop into Venice. Venice is absolutely beautiful. If you want to go I would say go on an off season so more of like our winter time um we went in September so it's still pretty busy but not as busy as they are but I'll tell you you're still shoulder to shoulder in crowds and it was just it was just a lot for me and then I was kind of seasick from the gondola ride and the ferry rides that we had to take I was getting sick Matthew was already with the flu but pushing through because obviously we're in Venice and we want to enjoy every single second. Uh, We did a gondola ride, which was so much fun. And we only had uh, these two younger girls with us on the gondola. We waited. So I read a tip online that said when you're going for the gondola tour, be one of like the last people online because you're more likely to get your own gondola and not get stuffed in with other people. Very true, and so glad we did it. We didn't wait. We just waited, you know, next two people, next group of four. Who wants to go next? And we just stood back. Who's last? Us. <laughs> and it worked out really, really well. So I was so glad we got to do that. Um, the second day we were in Venice, we ventured out in the morning, and the both of us just were green. I think that we had had enough of everything at that point. So we got a little bit of food. We went back to the room and spent the rest of the day just snuggling and enjoying time. But Venice was beautiful. It was way too crowded for me. So if you like crowds, uh, this whole trip, like Rome is very busy and crowded. It's very much like New York. Certain places are a little bit low-key, but a lot of places are very fast-paced. Florence is a little slower-paced, but because it is a tourist attraction area, um, the main square can be very busy. Not as busy as Rome and Venice, but still very busy. And then Venice was truly the most crowded of them all, and it was just way too much. (laughs) So I'm going to stop here. I'm going to jump into speaking with Matthew and then we'll pop back in at the end and just uh, circle out the the, uh, conversation here.
See you in a moment. I just wanted you to sit with me so that we could, like, think about what happened in Rome. Just okay. a little bit. Sounds good. Is that okay? Yes. <laughs> just pretend like this isn't here, because we did want to recount all of this. Okay. Do I like it? Please. <laughs> Do you think was the first time that we thought about Rome? Probably. Maybe ninth or 10th grade, 2003 to 5 area. I would say, like, pretty close to when we met. Yeah. Why do you think when we met? Um, because we started talking about, like, things that we wanted to do in the future pretty quickly. Did we? Yeah. And traveling was always on the list. And it was always Rome because of your Rome history. Like, you liking Rome history. Yeah, I grew up on, like, an ancient Rome and ancient Italy, Greek mythology because of my dad. <clears throat> he grew up reading that stuff and you know, in turn I got interested in it because I just thought it was really cool and interesting and then you got me to love it yeah. I like history already but I never really thought about Rome, like Italy history or Roman history either way I don't think in schools they teach history correctly they make it boring they make it just a drag you know yeah it takes like a special teacher to make history somewhat interesting yeah, and I never had one special teacher. My history teacher freshman year of high school was interesting. Yeah. And he would let me borrow, like, books and stuff of different subjects that I liked. That's cool. Yeah, that was the only good, like, history teacher I had, though. What were you anticipating before we got there? Like, what were you the most excited about? I wasn't really anticipating anything. You know, I don't really get, I don't really get ahead of myself too much. Yeah, I know you're pretty laid back. Yeah, I was really, I was excited, absolutely. I just, I don't like to put expectations on things. I feel like that can make it, could just ruin the experience. Just expecting it to make you, to move you in the way or for you to get something out of it. I feel like it takes me out of the moment. Yeah, I agree. But honestly, though, yeah, obviously I was excited. And, you know, it was like a, it was a dream come true for us to go there because... I mean, some people get to go there with their parents, and we never had the opportunity. For no. years, we didn't save up when we were younger. We just... No, we weren't taught those different types of things, but I think for me, like, the anticipation of the trip was more... It didn't feel real. Because we had been talking and, like, fake planning no, for so many no, years. No, it's just what I'm saying. It's like, you know, some people see a trip, it's not a big deal, you know? Oh, yeah, it was you know, huge to us. It was a big deal to actually do this. It was... Because it actually meant something. You know, some people just travel just for the photos and just to say that they're in this area. But for us, it, was, it had importance to us. It was kind of like an accomplishment, you know. It was... Just something that we dreamt up. It was a huge accomplishment to a lot of what we dreamt up. And in a way, I felt like it closed a chapter in, like, our adolescence. Well, I also think, too, well, <clears throat> I never thought about it this way. Like but, that? Um, I like that? Well, you just you just killed the momentum <gasps> by interrupting me. You, can, you could have internalized that excitement. I know, um, it's usually fuck it up. <laughs> well, okay, here, I got it. Excuse me. Like I said, I never thought about it this way, but, you know, <clears throat> when we were younger, when we dreamt of being together, just being able to... Let's just say see each other once every week. <laughs> that was a dream when we were in ninth and tenth grade and just in high school in general. Yeah, all throughout we were, high school. We were like if we saw each other more than once a month then. But um It's still it's but seems I would, bananas. I would say that when we were that when we were in that timeline in our lives fifteen years ago, it was just, it was there was a couple of dreams we had together in life and the main one was just to be together. Yeah. The next one was to have a life together. Yeah. And you know, the next one was to travel, and Italy was always the number one thing we would talk about. Italy was always before kids, too. Oh, yeah, yeah. Like, we always said we have to go to Italy yeah, before we had that, kids. We, even, we said that a couple of years ago, too. Yeah. Yeah. I think that was the right decision. I, I know that was the right decision. Yeah. That was the perfect trip to lead us into this next upcoming journey of our lives of 
or early 30s. Yeah, and just being out in early 30s, I feel like travel is important, you know, and if you're in the right headspace for it, you can get something out of every moment. You know, just the life out there was just so different compared to what it is over here. Especially when you watch the locals, not the tribe, not the, not the other tourists. <clears throat> the locals were just... Yeah. Everything was slower for them. They it was. Aged, they aged slower. The Their talks, meals were, so, the were slower. slower. Yeah. They moved slower. Everything's relaxed. There's no stress. Do you mm. remember, like, the first day we were out, and we were walking so fast? We had, like, that New York state of mind walking. Yeah, yeah. And everyone was just, like, just slow well, yeah. well, and, like, at their own that pace. that was by the park. That's why. It, but those, even, like, on the side streets. But once you got in the middle of Rome, though, by, like, the Trevi Fountain area. That's oh, like the Spanish Steps. That was, like, Times Square area right there. Oh, yeah, for sure. Fucking, like, shoulder to canals. shoulder. It was just, like, just paths of just thousands and thousands of people just all within, like, a hundred feet, of, a couple hundred feet of you. Just How many people do you think are sitting in front of the Trevi Fountain at one time? Because, I mean, like, well, let's it was just, packed. Let's just use time as an example. So I would say, what is it, 6.30 right now, p.m.? Just about, yeah. So I would say it's probably like maybe 2,000 people around that area right now in that, like, square. Easy. Yeah. And out of those 2,000 people, I'll say that there's about 1,800 of those 2,000 people are on their phones right now. Just trying to upload pictures of where they are to show off. I do have to say that probably one of my favorite parts about our trip was that we weren't on social media. I never am on social media. Well, I know you aren't, but even me specifically, I had a lot of people afterwards were like, I didn't even know you on vacation because you didn't post anything. Or why didn't you post? But no, I purposefully didn't want to be on my phone on this trip. Like, I let you take the pictures. Yeah. I like I let you take charge of that just so that we could stay in the moment more. Because you're very good at staying in the moment. It's a little harder for me, I think. Like, what type of moment are you, do you mean I'm good at staying in the... Like, I, I'm hard, it's hard for me to stay in the moment sometimes. And in some conversations like these, I get too much, I feel like there's too much pressure for me to, like, be creative or interesting. Well, you know, you're with me, so it doesn't matter. <laughs> I know it's a different ball game right now. I'm just saying in general. <laughs> yeah. With you, I can. It's easy. I, with you, I can talk to you like I can't talk to anybody else in the entire world. You know that's true. Yeah. What part of Rome were we talking about? You were just talking about social media. Being oh yeah, in the being in the and that I'm not in the moment. Yeah, yeah. yeah that's what I was saying. That loser head. Loser head. Where is this? Where is this being posted? Offline. <laughs> On what? I don't know if we're going to post it or not. For a podcast? It could be. I don't know. It's bullshit. <laughs> I, I told you, if it doesn't work out, we don't have to do mm. it. That's it. Uh-huh. <laughs> okay, so we were talking about the, how... The question was, was what do? how do I stay in a moment? Oh, yeah. In service, I can't do it. You're better at the moment in certain things than I am. Yes. So when it comes to traveling, you're... you're, you're I would say traveling because I think I was more of like... I was very anxious leading up to this trip. I really wanted to make sure that I disconnected and was focused on what, what, what was in front of us while we were there. We had dreamt about this for so long. I didn't want to miss anything. When there's something that you have interest in, there's nothing that can get attention away from you to that. Like when you're focused on like a sport or a game or something that you really want to do, you fo- like you zone in, you're focused. Sometimes, yeah. You not, can be. Not all the time, but yeah. Well, I mean, we're never perfect, but yeah. you're better at that than me where I think I've I think I've became or I think I've become <clears throat> a lot better at blocking out the world than I used to be. That's my problem is that I am so busy at everything else that's going around us and it's not that I want to be, it's just that it's too much. Yeah. It's like overstimulating. So it's harder for me to it's stay fo- focused. It's focusing, yeah, that's what it is. Being yeah. Focused, being centered. And there's so much history in Rome in general, but also leading up to that trip that I just really wanted to make sure that I was low. I was zoned in at all times. When did it feel real to you that we were going? 
having trouble remembering. <clears throat> what did it feel like to you the night that, or the morning that we left? Was it night? Yeah, it was night. The night we left. Uh, I was more so worried about if I was going to be able to sleep at all. And I didn't sleep the whole entire red eye that we went on. Yeah. It was like the whole ride, all nine, ten hours. And... Yeah, you didn't have great flights there and back. No. I was really nervous just about leaving, flying, taking the trains. Like, were people going to be nice to us? Do you remember how hard it was for me to leave the house? Yeah. Yeah. Came back inside and I checked everything, all the outlets, the stove. I couldn't yeah. even, like, close the door to the apartment. Twice. Yeah, twice. Twice. I, I turned around. And then I got in the car and you said we could easily go back into the house and sit down on the couch and not do this trip and regret it. Or we can take it moment by moment and step by step and enjoy this trip of a lifetime. Well, I think when I told you that, <clears throat> it wasn't like rehearsed in my head. It just came out naturally. And well, was, you're really good at that. Well, I wasn't, it, was, it wasn't me just only speaking to you. I was much me telling myself the same exact thing yeah because we you both know, had reservations yeah I, I can have an, I can create anxiety out of everything <laughs> of any interaction I can create anxiety to put my fucking head out the window in the real world you know yeah I mean and this was definitely the real world like this was the first time that we were completely away from everything that we know it was you and I walking into <laughs> Yeah, Literally everything brand it's a different new. continent. That's why. Yeah. yeah. Did you have any like anxiety while we were there? Um, no, I was relaxed. I just felt like my head was clear. It's like I was detached from every issue and problem. Yeah. Every I was just detached from everything. I went back home. You know, <clears throat> I feel like a different person out there. Like you can just be your best self. Yeah. You know. Do you remember when we got to the airport, it took us a super long time to get our luggage, but when we finally found our luggage, then it took us a super long time to find our car. Then we found the car, and when we were just driving into the city and just seeing Rome for the first time, like, we had made it. Yeah. Yeah, driving it was really, it was really cool. It was scary. Was Those roads are tiny as hell, and they drive reckless as hell. Yeah, a couple times. But and then just the like next... New York, though, you gotta be, you gotta be effective out there. I would never want to drive out there. Would you do it? No, that's why. <laughs> that's why we just kept taking taxis. Was... We, we got around really well. <clears throat> we did get around really well, and that you was one of my my worries. Yeah. The only times I had anxiety throughout the trip were in between cities, like the first time we took the train that train ride from Rome to Florence. I was a hot mess. Yeah, I remember. But once we were on the train, I felt much better. Yeah, it was nothing about it was difficult. It was very straight. It was not hard at all, as long as you know you, you planned everything out and organized everything very well. Thank you. I had my little folder. I just kept everything organized for the sake of my own sanity. It just made me feel safer. And I emailed everything to my mom, your mom, my dad, and my sister. God forbid anything were to happen to us, somebody knew where we were at all times. <coughs> what was your favorite day? I have a favorite day, but probably like one of the most interesting days was when we kind of just, we were in Rome. I don't remember what we did the morning, that morning. I think we did the Coliseum. Yeah, it was that day. First oh, the day. first day, because we so, did the Coliseum twice. So we woke up. Is that the day we went to breakfast or no? The day we did Coliseum? No, not the breakfast. It was the next day. Um, oh, <clears> yeah. No, okay. So, yeah, I would say probably the most interesting day, like I said, was the first day, like, waking up room, you know, waking up yeah. in the hotel room, relaxed and getting some energy back. And we went to the Coliseum, and I'll never forget being in the cab and passing some buildings in the road, and to our right was... The Coliseum and it just caught me off guard because it was just shocked at how big it was, you know. Yeah. And how 
just in, intact it still is, even though I know they're doing a lot of work on it, because always, you know, but just seeing that, because I've only seen pictures of all the movies and <laughs> shit I've read about the history of that place. That was, that was probably, like, definitely one of the shocking things for me, was just being there, because it was surreal. It was completely but, um, surreal. But afterwards, being at the Coliseum, um, we just kind of walked around all of Rome, and we yeah, walked so for miles, fun. and we kind of literally hit like six, six or seven different, like really important, like monuments, monuments, yeah, buildings and shit. Yeah, that was. We we kind of just walk all around like we just. I'm trying to see. We started the day. Started the the day at the Coliseum. We went to the Pantheon, the Roman Forum. We took a cab to the Pantheon because I was. But we walked out of the Coliseum though. Yeah, we walked out of the Coliseum. Went to the Roman Forum. Hold on, we went to that. (laughs) We went to that. um, Oh, breakfast. No, that breakfast sucked. That breakfast we were just happy as hell. It, it was, was labeled a, American it was, breakfast. It was just a vacation breakfast. You know, it was just, you were just happy you were there. That is Food very sucked, true. Um, <laughs> the no, only was, bad breakfast. afterwards of the Coliseum. We went to get uh, the fucking, the ice cream. What's the ice cream? Oh, gelato. gelato. That was after breakfast. We had gelato right after breakfast. Mm. At that little hole in the wall place. I know what you're talking about. That yeah, wasn't the day on. of the Coliseum. Okay. That was that... the first day we got there when we walked. No. When we were looking for no, the museum. We the and we went all the way down. No, we left the Coliseum. We got gelato at that place. I got chocolate one. It was down that street. Oh, that was after we did the Pantheon. Not the Pantheon, the Roman Forum. Oh, shit. Yeah. Yes, because after we Wait, left. Was that the day we did the Coliseum the first day? Yes, let me tell you. We did the okay, Coliseum so breakfast. Roman Forum, Forum. then took the gap to the Pantheon. Pantheon. But before we went to the Pantheon, we we got the gelato. gelato. And then we circled back Uh for the cab. I got you, boo. That was really fun. You're going to have to edit that. (laughs) (laughs) Or we can leave it in because it's really fun to figure it out. (laughs) No, everybody will stop listening by then. (laughs) (laughs) That day was a lot of fun. And then the next day we woke up really early because we were leaving Rome. And we went to this little hole-in-the-wall breakfast spot that had the best breakfast sandwiches in the world for, like, two euro, you think? We only spent five euro there, right? I think we got two sandwiches each or one. We got two sandwiches. We got one sandwich each. You might got a two sandwich. I think you got two sandwiches. Yeah, I got one sandwich. And then the... uh, Third one we split? No, no, no. Yeah, I think we split the third one. (laughs) And then we, uh, I knew there were three sandwiches. Yeah, and then we got a croissant each. You got your coffee. I had like two coffees. You know, it was five euros. That I was. I don't think any other meal was that much of a bargain the whole trip. Seriously, and, and we were in there alone, and we ate the rest of the the meal at the Trevi Fountain. Because we're only three minutes away from the Trevi Fountain. Yeah. And that morning, how many people do you think were actually there? Because it wasn't empty. 50, no, 25. I would say there was about 25 people. 25 people, A lot of photographers and brides and fake grooms. I'd say wedding magazines, right? Because there's a bunch of wedding shops near there. Yeah. Bridal shops. Um, What was your favorite thing about the train rides? The first train ride from Rome to Florence was awesome, crazy. Was going through different, different other um, cities. Yeah, it was rural. going. Yeah, rural. And then all of a sudden, it got rural. Yeah, just mountains, and you just see miles of just views and green. This is awesome. Just you were living your best life on that train. You loved that train ride. Nice. That's the train ride that you read the book for Florence. The yeah. one that Danielle got me for my birthday. Yeah, I enjoyed reading that during the ride. Yeah, you did. And um, favorite part of Florence? Because um, we did a lot in Florence. <clears throat> That's the thing. I just I can't. I don't like picking favorite parts because I enjoyed every day that we were out in Florence. We had it was a different. It was a different yeah, it touch was. to every day. Because when we first... The first day we were at 
the Leonardo, sure, the Uffizi Gallery. Oh, yeah, that's so They had a lot of Leonardo da Vinci's um, paintings in there. And we also did the Domo, which was. Uh, the Domo, beautiful. we almost talked ourselves out of climbing because we climbed all no, the just way. the church in general. Well, the church in general just was. Just seeing that area, that square in Florence, it was so like you. This, they haven't done too much to that area, so it's like you're. They like, just preserve it. It's preserve like almost it. you're kind of. That's like the closest you get to the Renaissance era than is being that in that area. area. One hundred percent. Um, the gold doors across from the from the Domo, where they have these, literally these huge, gold doors that are gated off, so you can't touch them. But it took this artist his entire entire life, right? They said. Yeah, I haven't thought about that one in a couple yeah, months, it took, but yeah, it took him like, and like every, least, uh, yeah, almost his whole entire life to build each part of that door, and each part of it is like a story out of the Bible. Really cool. Every really like part, like square of it is like, like a different part of the Bible, like a different scene. Yeah, if you're religious or not, there's something to be like said for, for that door. For that Beautiful. artistry. Yeah, it's just the work and just the dedication and talent that went into it, the will. And then we had tickets to climb the Domo to the top of one of the towers. And when we realized that there was, like, no elevator and that there was stairs and it was a tight hallway, we weren't dressed for it. We didn't even have a water. We were like, well, maybe we can do it the next day. <laughs> Yeah, we would not have done it the next day. No. And then, so we walked in. Matt goes, let's just walk inside to see what it looks like. And I go, I don't think there's a door for us to get out of. Yes, there is. Well, guess what, guys? There wasn't a door to walk out of. Yeah, I thought we were going to have an argument there. A little bit, but, you know, we pulled it together real quick. Yeah. And we climbed the stairs behind this, like, middle uh, eastern European lady who was super sweet. We didn't speak the same language, but she got that we were both struggling. When we paused, do you remember the three of us in that little enclosed plexiglass wall area? Yeah. They were, like, signing to each other, like, whew! Yeah. <laughs> that whole area is just little peaks of, of outside and light. It's like it's, little it's brick-sized windows, yeah, right? It was like medieval. It was almost like a castle, basically. You know? Yeah. And All brick. Yeah. How wide do you think the stairway was? Probably like three feet wide. Like it was real tight. Mm, no, my best. Maybe four. I would feet. say four because you would have to fit yeah. two people squeezing to their side in order for everyone to fit in. Okay, so at least five feet. <laughs> no, I would say four because it was tight. Even at one point, it was just a one-person path. Yeah. And they had to, they directed people a different way to get down. Like in the front stairways. Good job. <laughs> we were very we felt very accomplished at the end of that walk. Yeah, it was awesome to walk up to that view. Because I'm not very good on stairs either, because I'm very clumsy. So stairs are very intimidating to me. So going up those stairs were one thing. It felt very claustrophobic, and then it was like an incline, and it was a lot of workout. And it was sweaty and hot. So just tried to breathe and keep calm the entire time. You're very good at keeping me calm. I try and be helpful. You're very helpful. And then when we got to the top, it's the most beautiful view. It literally looks like Florence stopped in time. It's just this beautiful medieval town still. Yeah. You just got really, I just saw you completely shut down shy. Yeah. Want to take a break? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> and I'm back. <laughs> Thanks, guys, for listening to Matt's portion of the podcast. It was super nice of him to not just give up when I told him I was recording. Um, he pushed through a little further and then, you know, just got a little shy. So baby steps, baby steps. <laughs> He's warming up to being on my, on the mic. Though slowly I kept inching the mics to him because he's so soft-voiced when he's shy that I wanted to make sure the mics picked up on him without the mics being right on top of him. But I think because I kept inching them towards him, it, they were getting they were getting a bit close. Um, 
which is completely understandable. It took me several times to even, several times recording before I put out my first podcast. It took me weeks before I could even restart this new season because I was so uh, self-conscious and nervous. So thank you, Matthew, for coming on and sharing some fun facts about this trip. We hope to hear from you soon. (laughs) Alrighty, so um, I brought you up and all around our trip to Italy. Thank you so much for listening to it. That trip was truly a dream come true for us. It was so mind-opening. It opened up our minds to the world, to the people, to the culture even more, and made me fall in love with it. I'm, I could move there tomorrow, but that's just me. Uh, Florence was my favorite part of the trip. Um, after our museum day, we did a road trip on a bus with a bunch of other people to like this vineyard hopping, and then we stopped at this little town, and that was my dream day. I have this p- painting in my kitchen of a vineyard and a table with like wine and cheeses and fruits and stuff and that's always been my dream to sit at that table overlooking the rocky hill or the rolling hills of Tuscany and I got to do that I got to live out my dream um and I'm I've posted a bunch about Florence in particular because I fell in love with Florence in the Tuscany area we stopped at this little very small town um where we got to go into an authentic butcher shop and I got to walk into all these little shops. Um, So it honestly was just, that day was a dream come true as well. I fell in love with the architecture. Everyone that we met in Italy was so nice. Um, So yeah, again, that trip was just amazing. But jumping into the rest of 2018... Getting back from Italy was a whirlwind. Crystal left for her honeymoon and for her cross-country trip to California, where she now lives, um, which was so sad for me, but honestly, such a beautiful trip and experience, and they're living their best lives in California, so I'm so proud of her. Um, My parents finally sold my childhood home in the finale of... A long saga of their divorce. Excuse me. It was really sad. You know, my dad actually just moved, is moving out this weekend. Um, The former or the new owners of the home let my dad stay. And it's a two family. So they let him, they let him stay in his apartment while they moved on the upstairs. Um, So I think I'm just sad of the memories that are leaving. That place is not home. It hasn't felt like home in a while. Um, just because of all the negativity that has surrounded the divorce of my parents. And then just Crystal leaving, it just definitely didn't feel like home anymore. But I think I'm holding on to all the really great memories that my parents provided moving into that house. I was nine. Uh, Crystal would have been four, three, going on four, because we moved in the summertime. So I just remember her so little in that house and just our first couple of years there and our childhood. So many really great memories in that house, in that room of mine, um, that I was really, really heartbroken to see it go. I always had this picture of me going to the house to bring my firstborn to see my parents there. But in reality, even if my parents were to keep that house, they wouldn't be there because they need to move on. They need to live healthy lives separate from each other. Um, And then the fact that Crystal wasn't in that picture either. It was just that time of Crystal leaving, you know, the house being put on the market and being sold was really, really hard for me. Um, But, you know, with acceptance and a lot of love of my mom and my sister and just remembering that home is where the heart is. It's not a physical place. You know, wherever my sister is, wherever my mom is, that's my home. Wherever my husband is, that is 1000% my home. So that was something that was like a a peak in a valley to get through, um, for those months. And then, you know, we found out that 
my good friend Natalie was pregnant and that she was coming back home to just have a support system. Um, her and her boyfriend came back home in February and she was due April 18th. And Luna Bella decided that she wanted to enter this world five weeks early. She was born last weekend. Beautiful baby girl. So glad that I've gotten to meet her and I already love her. And she's so tiny. She's five pounds. She was born five pounds, 11 ounces. And she is the exact mini of her mother. Beautiful as can be. Um, so I can't wait to watch her grow and watch her become best friends with Danielle's daughter, Catalina. Um, it is beautiful that they are going to be able to grow up together. So congratulations, Natalie and Brian. Your daughter is absolutely perfect in every single way. Um, so I guess that happened this year, but to end last year, I got into a really bad car accident and then had the flu for Christmas and Thanksgiving. But the car accident that I got into um, totaled my Honda. I was on my way to work, and I got rear-ended and slid into a, uh, like a SUV. That's probably a better, not a truck, an SUV. Um, it was 7.23 in the morning. At that time, Matthew and I would have our morning talks around 7.30 um, as we're going into work. And I remember thinking, oh, I should be getting a phone call from him soon. And Boom. I mean, I didn't even get a chance to look in my rearview mirror. Usually, I've gotten rear-ended before, so I am very conscious of when I'm braking to take a look at my surroundings. I look at the space that I have in front of me, and I give more than a car's length of space, um, and then I and then I'll take a look behind me. And I didn't even get that chance to look behind me when uh, she hit me. I'm assuming um, she wasn't paying attention. I'm not quite sure what she was doing, but I was. Uh, I got brought to the emergency room, and uh, luckily I have no permanent damage. Um, besides, you know, I'm going to have the occasional flare-up of the neck and shoulders. Um, I got really bad whiplash. I have went to chiropractor, physical therapy. I even went to an orthopedic surgeon um, at one point just because the inflammation, the pain, uh, was just so bad. I couldn't get comfortable. And, and there are still days where I wake up and my, my neck hurts to the point where I get a migraine. Um, and my migraines have gotten so bad that, you know, I throw up if I don't take care of it quick enough or if it escalates too quickly, I get almost like vertigo. And um, unless until I throw up, I don't feel better. And because I hate throwing up, my natural infle inflection is just to do everything I can to not throw up, um, which is just horrible, horrible. But I got a newer car. Um, I am starting to feel much better, though it was a it was quite the road. I mean, my accident happened in October, and it's almost it's like the end of March. And um, I've stopped physical therapy up about a month ago. I do a lot of the exercises at home. I'll, a lot of just um, ibuprofen, and then they gave me something to help me sleep um, because I don't like muscle relaxers. I don't like the way they make me feel, so and I don't want to get addicted to them, so I didn't ask for those. I actually didn't even get the prescription they gave me filled because I just didn't want to. I just didn't want to do that. Uh, I don't feel safe with those, and they don't. They don't make my tummy feel good, anyways. But. <clears throat> Let me bring up the quote of the week. 2018 was a lot of ups and downs. It was a lot of um, overcoming. So the quote that I chose for this week for wrapping up the catch up of 2018 and what my life was last year, um, my favorite quote that I came across was, strength doesn't come from what you can do. Strength comes from overcoming the things you thought you couldn't. If you have a mental illness and you wake up and you fight every day to be strong, to um, just get through, you know, to have anxiety, to feel worrisome, to feel anxiety and depression every day, that weight that is put on you, that's truly how I feel when I'm feeling uh, the darkness of depression come on. I feel like it's this 
weight that's being placed on my chest. And if I have anxiety on top of that, it feels like I have a weight on my chest, but my heart is about to pound out of my chest. It is not a great feeling. And if you live with that, if you get through your day feeling that weight with your heart bouncing out of your chest, and you can still function. And even if functioning just means that you took a shower and brushed your hair today, brushed your teeth, you are conquering the day. You are overcoming something little by little, baby step by baby step, because you are helping yourself move forward and get better. If just getting through your day means overcoming your work day. You know, I've had conversations this week about anxiety that comes through the job that I do and other people not understanding what anxiety really is and it's not something that is rational. We can be worrisome about worrisome about something that is completely irrational, but to us that worry is still going to be there and there's nothing that anyone can say to take away that anxiety. If you still go through your day feeling like that and no matter what anyone says you still have anxiety and you're still feeling your mental illness but you're pushing through and you're trying new things to help yourself get better you are overcoming this mental illness now mental illness is not something that goes away but it is treatable and when you're overcoming the peaks of your mental health your mental health and when i say peaks they can be absolute you know the the best times or the worst times you know the valleys are sometimes for me when things are just going calmly and it's just a flat line of no anxiety and depression and then we're going to spike because we all know it doesn't go away forever. <laughs> Just when you feel like you have all the armors, something new pops through that says, nope, you're going to have to think of something new. Um, and that's the process that I'm in right now. You know, I went on that hike with Crystal. I didn't think that I was going to make it, but I overcame it. I truly didn't know how I was going to get through Crystal moving. I had so much anxiety about this trip. Um, about climbing the Domo, about taking trains, about traveling in general, but I did it and I overcame it. I, you know, after the accident, I was just like, how am I going to get a new car? We weren't planning on buying a new car, but we figured out a way and we have a new car and that's good. And there's so many things in 2018 that I just could have said fuck it and just dropped and instead I decided to push through and I overcame them and in those moments when you don't think you can keep pushing I promise you you can the fact that you got up this morning the fact that you're striving and pushing through you can overcome these things you feel like you cannot so strength does not come from what you can do. Strength comes from over, overcoming the things you thought you couldn't. And I don't know if I've mentioned this in the past. I'm sure I have. When I was in middle school, I went, or beginning of high school, sorry, I went to this uh, student council conference in Cape Cod. And one of the things that they said to us in this conference was to step outside of our comfort zone. Think of it, think of it as a box. And... I always try and remember that analogy because I am so shy, because I am so introverted that if I'm not putting myself outside of my comfort box, I'm not stepping outside of that box and making myself a little bit uncomfortable, then I'm truly not growing. And please remember that for, for those of you who are struggling with a mental illness, if you are not uncomfortable in this process to assist your mental illness to help yourself in this journey then you're not going to help overcome it you're not going to gain that strength so being a little bit uncomfortable in this process being uncomfortable to see your physician being uncomfortable to see your therapist being uncomfortable to have the conversation about medication all of those things are going to hopefully assist you overcoming wanting to do yoga i want to do yoga yet i just feel so psyched out just thinking about it, I'm like, I can't do that. I'm not going to do it. Well, I can do it. And I just need to get overcome that hump and that negativity that's in my mind. 
So rant is going to be over really quickly because I've rambled on way too much about this quote, like literally way too much. Just remember that if you're a little bit uncomfortable, it's a good thing. It means that you're gaining strength from what you're doing. So I'm going to jump into the business now and get away from the quote. I'm sorry I rambled literally for like, it felt like five minutes. But if you want to join in on the convo, give me a quote of the week. Feel free to email me at chitchatwithchelsea at gmail.com, Instagram at happiest underscore me underscore podcast, Facebook at happiest me dot at happiest me podcast, happiestme.com. We should get a website, huh? Eventually. Eventually we'll get a website. Google voicemail at 860-931-0565. Please feel free to leave me a voicemail. Join in a conversation. Make a conversation. Thank you, guys. Thank you so much for listening to Matt and I explain our amazing trip to Italy. This will be the last you hear me speak of it. I've been talking about it for far too long. But hopefully you understand the significance just a little bit um, and you enjoy it. So thank you so much for listening this week. Next week is the week I talk about my depression and what's been going on with me. Um, I'm not quite sure exactly how I'm going to do that. So stay tuned. Stay tuned, guys. Thanks for listening. (laughs) Have a great week. Bye.